we were sitting in the driveway at a listing appointment two minutes after we were supposed to be in there about to hit send on an offer and the buyer calls and says, no, we don't want to submit it. We're freaked out. Yeah. We can't do it. Yeah. I, so, so I like, like literally I was about to hit send when they called. Selling real estate safely and within the confines of various state restrictions has been an exercise in creativity for most real estate agents across the country. Of all those affected, real estate professionals in the initial pandemic hotspot of the Seattle area have been under some of the strictest orders. Today, my colleague Lindsay Gordon talks to a husband and wife broker team who share their struggles and successes trying to sell real estate amid a pandemic. This is Title Talks. Hey guys. Hello. Thank you guys for joining. So why don't you guys start by uh, introducing yourselves? Sure. Yeah, I'm Ansel Sanger. I've uh, been working in real estate since 2015. Started my business there, was doing real estate marketing before that. And uh, this is Josie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Josie Sanger. So we are married. And I started real estate about a year and a half after Ansel. So mid like 2017. Um, and I used to be a middle school math teacher before joining Ansel. And now we're husband wife team kind of focusing on the greater Seattle area. Obviously, we're here to talk a little bit about what it's been like trying to do business throughout COVID-19 pandemic. So um, tell me a little bit. I Obviously, we know that um, Washington was like the first hot spot in the U.S. As things were happening, as restrictions were coming down from uh, Governor Inslee, what, what were some of the things you guys were thinking when, when that was happening? Yeah, well, our stuff goes back even further because we have a bunch of friends in China. We saw it hitting China, and then we saw like people flying all over the world from there, and we're like, it seems reasonable to shut down air traffic, like <laughs> back in, in mid-January, and that started happening after um, first case. So we're actually located in Kirkland, which is where the main first, out the first case was in Everett, but the main first outbreak was in Kirkland. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we go to Chipotle and be like, I don't know if I should be <laughs> eating here. It's <laughs> half a mile from that uh, place. So like we kind of saw that it would happen, I guess, fairly early. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had masks left over so we've been using those uh, before there was lockdown things in place but yeah we it, it kind of seemed like everything was going to shut down entirely and so there was this mad rush to get things done before mm -hmm. uh, the shutdown happened and it, it didn't affect shutdown for five days completely mm -hmm. before there was some i guess lobbying efforts that helped get realtors doing some essential functions so mm -hmm. and there there was yeah kind of a rush of business but also like rush and then a bit of panic around with some buyers going, I need to get into a place now, who knows when I could get into a place mm -hmm. and that, or I really want to get in a place, but I'm scared about what's going to happen. So maybe I'm just going to wait for the world to calm down. So. I, we were sitting in the driveway at a listing appointment two minutes after we were supposed to be in there about to hit send on an offer and the buyer calls and says, no, we don't want to submit it. We're freaked out. Yeah. We can't do it. Yeah. I, so, so I like, like literally I was about to hit send when they called. And so, you know, that person sort of went to the sideline and somebody else bought a house that same week. So it was really kind of up in the air what different people felt comfortable doing. Mm -hmm. 
you sell a mix of different kinds of real estate. So you're used to doing the videos and the pictures and that sort of thing. So like what, what sort of things did you guys have to accommodate for? It worked out for us uh, in particular that we didn't have a listing that was uh, like in the throes of needing photography and videography at the moment where those people weren't allowed to complete their work. So there wasn't a, a mad scramble for us. However, we assisted a number of brokers who were in the midst of that and who were looking to be creative in getting more eyes on things. And I think that the biggest thing that was restricted was open houses. And that can be a big thing for luxury listings to allow community members and, and people who are seriously looking to buy just have a more kind of housewarming um, approach to looking at a home. And so that was that was completely shut down and still is uh, not allowed as a practice. And so getting creative around what an open house looks like was uh, a thing that we had to address. Yeah. So, I mean, all of the stuff with regular video and Matterport and 3D uh, photography and drone shots and all that. None of that has changed at all. That stuff is normal uh, luxury there was uh, like a marketing. Yeah, there was a five-day period where they weren't allowed weren't to allowed do to do that. But yeah, uh, the biggest thing is it's hard to get them into a home now. So mm-hmm. we took to adopting sort of a more vlogger approach with short tours that are live on Facebook or another platform where folks can actually join that scheduled showing to ask questions about a certain room or a certain feature. Like, hey, could you zoom in on that wallpaper? I wanna see if I wanna replace that or not, or you know, whatever feature of a house somebody wants to change or um, make an update to. Yeah. Like, oh, that kitchen's like mid 2000s. Would we replace the cabinets entirely? That sort of thing. So we almost, we, we've gone kind of another route in terms of, you know, still doing our, our luxury photography, videography, 3D tours and all that, but trying to bring a more authentic approach to a home tour or an open house that people get when they go to an open house. They get to casually mm-hmm. look around. They get to open cabinets. They get to, you know, do all of that. And so us facilitating that looks like an iPhone tour um, and going through and authentically pointing out things that we notice, uh, not just the home stats, but like, oh, look at that custom, you know, built bookshelf or look at this, you know, really cool water feature in the backyard. And so just pointing out what we see, not having it be a marketing piece about us, but having it just be let's just showcase this home as we naturally walk through it. No editing, no cool background music drowning out what you see, but just having it, the home kind of show itself. I think the key to that is natural and it's hard to do at first, but once you kind of get into it, like make a couple of jokes here and there, kind of let, like let our personalities shine a little bit mm-hmm. as much as they can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just kind of show who we are and, and entertain people because like, Nobody's gonna watch like a 15 minute video. There, nobody has an attention span for that if there's not something interesting going on. It's not personable, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. trying to do that. When you were doing the first 
couple? Like, was it difficult or did you guys just kind of go right into it? Our final videos are not always the first video. Yeah. We, we do a dry, do. we do a dry run before we go live yeah. typically. Yeah. Uh, kind of find a couple places for some of the jokes. Um, <laughs> or like make sure that we like, hit record. Yeah. You know, we're, we're <laughs> just like, we're just not in the mood for this right now. Yeah. Like I really don't want to be doing this. <laughs> uh, but then once you get a dry run, you know, you warm up and then you're, you're good to go. Right. So, you know, we're not, splicing videos together and kind of editing like the best take of this room versus the best take of that room. It's just a, a seamless tour. And so we do occasionally, if one of us says something, we're like, uh, actually, no, that wasn't funny. Ooh, or yeah. like, actually it's, you know, there are three bathrooms, not 2.5. So, you know, yeah. then we'll go through and do it again. Start it over again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's harder to do when you're live, but yeah, going yeah. back and doing it over when you're not live is great. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like doing something like that has helped drum up more interest? I think so. I, I would say one of the listings we're working on now kind of came from that and people seeing videos that we're doing. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it helps both parties. It helps people know that we're still out there doing our job and, and that people are buying and selling homes. So it's kind of a reassuring piece around like a visual of the market. Um, and then it's also a way to get more eyes on a property that might not be signed up for a regular like ping when something comes on the market. If it's on our Facebook pages or on a public group or a YouTube channel, then it's just easier to share, easier for people to, to see it in another place that isn't a real estate website. Other realtors have reached out to us to help them do videos and mm -hmm. that's been a thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's it's been just really all over the map with what listings are getting heavy traffic and which ones aren't mm -hmm. in this time. In the same fashion that like some, I've noticed that some restaurants are like line out the door for takeout and other ones are like, you know, a trickle. So people are kind of fleeing to like a sure thing or something like that right now. So like, yeah. But as a community, like uh, brokers in our office and other agents, everybody's trying to be creative and trying to figure out what does work in this sort of new norm. And so it's been good to share some of our solutions and then other people share their mm -hmm. creative solutions. And because there is no standard of practice of you must do this thing, it all just depends on the audience that that broker kind of touches and has a reach to. And some of it's the, the age demographic of, you know, where are those people looking? You know, is it sending out PDF flyers to people or is it sending out videos and which social media mediums are going to be most useful and what can certain people do? What we've seen is a few different brokers reaching out to us to have us do videos because one, maybe they don't want to be out and about as much and going into homes. And then two, maybe they're, they're not on Instagram. Instagram or they're not on Facebook as prevalently and so having us do a video is a lot easier and then they can forward that on to their sellers who can then forward it on to friends and family and get outreach that way. Yeah well, I think we're blessed by having a really collaborative office mm -hmm. uh, it's not competitive at all Every, mm -hmm. all the brokers are just looking out for each other we're, we're all really good at sharing our ideas and what's working what's not just our weekly meetings are, are really just focused around like hey this worked or hey I've got this problem and just 50 people helping solve it. So that's really, really helpful. I know that's not common mm -hmm. around, along 
lots of offices. So I had talked to another real estate agent based in Florida. Obviously the, the restrictions here have never been quite as strict as they, they are or have been in Washington, but she was saying that it's kind of nice because she's getting what she feels to be more qualified inquiries about things rather mm -hmm. than like looky loos who are just kind of like coming by. Do you guys feel like that is the case? Uh, definitely on listings, like you're not seeing nearly the showing volume, but the people who are looking are like looking to make offers. Mm -hmm. And that's really the language of the restrictions for us right now is that we're only showing homes to serious buyers. So if people mm -hmm. are adhering to those guidelines that like they're vetting their own clients, it's not just a, we're bored, <laughs> let's go look at homes. Yeah. It's no, we're pre-approved and want to buy a home. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're moving forward. And people that we're fielding calls from there, yeah, they're mostly like, we're ready to list or we're going to make the decision within the next couple of days or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's so. good. And that's bad. On the other hand, you know, we're, we're not hosting open houses, so we're not meeting new people that are maybe, you know, thinking about yeah. buying or selling in the next year or so. So there's not that kind of, there's no feelers, you know, it's, yeah. it's people that are committed and usually mm -hmm. already working with people and all of that. I know obviously all the news I'm reading is like, people are saying there's, there's more interest. So saying more people are looking at homes. Like, are you guys seeing that as well? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. This week, everybody had this May 6th. I think it was the original like open up date. Yeah, May yeah. 4th was like the day that things were supposed to open up. And so it felt like a lot of stuff was pent up until now. And even though the deadline for opening up has pushed out, it just feels like it's busier. Like there's just more stuff going on and mm -hmm. more buyers out there. And mm -hmm within the last week traffic has seen a pretty big yeah. uh, uptick and we're seeing multiple offer situations or you know strong offer situations right now and low market times things are on the market for a week and under generally around here and then it goes pending so there's definitely activity right now yeah We've been flipping back and forth. Should we go with our offer review date or not on a listing that's coming up? And we're leaning towards, like last week, we were leaning towards not having a review date. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be a little bit slower. But now we're leaning towards having a review date mm -hmm. um, as traffic is picking up. So, And that's mainly, as we've heard from other brokers in our area, that like it's having a review date so that people have an opportunity to see the home before an offer is accepted mm -hmm. because everybody's scheduling uh, online to make a specific appointment to see the home and some homes are scheduled out for 48 hours with an hour showing you know every time during the day so yeah. if things are super scheduled out you want to make sure that everybody has a chance to see it before you you look at offers so that's one major difference like here in seattle Every showing, every like main traffic time was just like a, a herd of six brokers with their groups through at before. any given time. Yeah, before mm -hmm. COVID. Uh, we'll call it BC and AC or <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Yeah, so before all this happened, like it was just like a madhouse and like you're passing the key from somebody who's passing the key and you're just like, okay, I know that person keyed in and I gave them the key. Mm -hmm. They're in charge of the house. Now it's at least it's supposed to be and we're adhering pretty strictly to the rules with our listings and our buyers mm -hmm. of one person with one client in a house at a time and then uh, we'll take the other client if it's a uh, couple or something like that mm -hmm. uh, we'll take them through afterwards and so like that extends out the amount of time we're in there and then also not having six other groups in there it means that we use showing time 
to to book things now. It's just tick, 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 appointment after appointment. And so mm -hmm. making sure that people have enough time to get in a listing is pretty important, yeah. I'd say. We'll be right back. Title Talks is produced by PropLogix. PropLogix knows that most closing agents don't have time to sit on hold or engage in endless email chains to get property information. That's why we developed a full suite of time-saving services like lien searches, HOA searches, and release tracking. To learn more about the different ways your organization can reclaim that time and use it to grow your business, visit proplogix.com backslash services. Now, back to our interview. When you're on the buyer side, do you, do you ever attend the closings? Like in the past, is that something that you guys would normally do or no? It never has been. I've, yeah. I've, never actually, I've never actually attended one of my clients' closings. Um, even when Josie bought our place before we got married, I didn't go to the closing. I know that's a, a thing that a lot of brokers do. Mm -hmm. We didn't do it before, and yeah, we still don't do it. So. Mm -hmm physically handing keys and all that, but we're not physically present during the signing. Yeah. During, yeah. Signings. We, we'll show up and give keys and, and our gift. And mm -hmm. um, we, you know, we had a closing late last week where uh, we bought takeout tacos mm -hmm. and sat in the backyard with our clients, socially distant. Mm -hmm. And I bought a case of Corona and <laughs> that's what we did. That's what we did. That's Just awesome. a little you know, their closing took two extra weeks because it was a jumbo loan. And that's a whole nother thing to talk about is like, I have thought that the jumbo market for loans kind of getting tightened up would have more of effect than it has on people purchasing homes in that price range. But it hasn't seemed to have had as much of an effect as I thought within this area, keeping in mind that Seattle mm -hmm. with Amazon, Salesforce has a presence up here, Facebook, Google, Microsoft. Um, Microsoft, obviously. All of those companies are the least affected of anybody nationally. Mm -hmm. uh, and so my assumption is our market's not going to experience what other ones will over the next couple months. But yeah, still, it's crazy that like jumbo loans have been hard to come by. Mm -hmm. uh, they've taken a long time. Mm -hmm. um, when they have happened and they've been more expensive, but people are still out there in that price range. So, well, because interest rates are still so yeah. low. Mm -hmm. So, and there's, there's, I mean, a significant number of people who are, you know, maybe in a furlough situation or, mm -hmm. um, it, their jobs are a little bit more just unknown. And so part of the trickiness around some of the paperwork is having to do a lot more like verification of employment three days before closing instead of 10 days. And so there's just a lot more paperwork and um, kind of safety measures being taken by lenders, kind of regardless of who you are. Because someone might have a job one week and not the next. No. Yeah. yeah. The requirement for employment verification, did you already just I say just it? You it. said, okay, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't listening. <laughs> Jeez. You can keep that in there. That's fine. Oh, I, uh, These are literally the jokes. <laughs> They're not the jokes. Oh, okay. I was just going to say that client that you guys had tacos with. Yeah. Did they close uh, in, in an office? Did they close like, I know a lot of people are doing like drive-through closings or remote online closings. Like, do you, had, what are you guys seeing there? That title company uh, had a sterilized room and brand new pens and you know, little things that are like, I mean, this is like turning off your cell phone in an airplane. I don't think that's really what matters as far as plane crashes go. But I mean, it's, it's good to take those types of precautions. Yeah, there's been like a move towards remote closing entirely, or remote signings entirely mm -hmm. that we've seen. But 
very some lenders are pretty like nah we're not we're not doing that mm. you know they want the ink it's this client this client wanted to do that and the lender was like no we're not doing that so mm -hmm. yeah yeah for yeah. yeah. lender and for title company as far as yeah. i know i mean yeah. yeah so for you guys do you think this the virtual showing even though they take a, a little extra effort um on on top of doing like you know the professional videos professional photos do, do you think that's something you guys will carry forward I mean, we were doing it before COVID started, um, just in terms of just as a social media presence. Yeah, social media thing, and also previewing for clients who maybe you know were working all day and couldn't get out to see a place, and they knew it was going to be a hot property or it was near another property that they were interested in, so they wanted to get a quick comparison. So, definitely, virtual tours will continue. They don't 100% replace being able to go one-on-one -on -one or to group with our clients. I think we've had one client who was interested in putting an offer on something kind of sight unseen in person. They had seen everything online. But there's there's just a lot to be said for still being able to go into a place. So I don't think it will entirely replace the need for physical tours. But newer construction, um, higher end homes that people might be willing to write an offer without going in to, to see it. Yeah. I am a people person and I like to be face to face and zoom just kills me. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, like the online tours are a tool in the tool belt, but like, I gotta be in front of people eventually is, is the net of it. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, there's just so much as far as seeing a home, like the tactile, mm -hmm. the feel, the, mm -hmm. you know, I know, um, I don't know if it was realtor.com or, or if it was like Zillow or they were, they came out with a new tool that basically gives you information about like noise level in the neighborhood and just based off of some information, geographic demographic sort of information. Yeah. I mean, noise levels are important. Smells are important, you know, like did someone smoke there before? Are you super sensitive to that? Did they have a free range guinea pig? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> Is that something you guys have come across? There's a, there's a story oh, yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, people, people live their lives in their homes. And so you want to, yeah, there's a lot more than just the visual sense of a place. Um, it has been really nice for a lot more people to move towards doing Matterport tours so you can get the flow of a home. Cause that's been something that hasn't been present with every listing. Um, and can easily, you know, we easily got into a number of homes with clients and it was like, Oh, well, the pictures are great. The individual rooms are great, but it's such a weird layout or such mm -hmm. a weird configuration for this house. And so um, having the Matterport kind of allows people to see that up front, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you can't smell, you can't hear, um, and you can't get kind of just a, maybe an energy sense even of a neighborhood and, and what's going on there. So Not to get too woo-woo, but places have a feel, like you can walk in and it feels a certain way. And like, I always go in before a client into a home and look back to see what their eyes say when they're walking through the door. Mm -hmm. Like you can't replace that. Mm -hmm. And quality of construction too. Um, mm -hmm. Finishes are really easy to kind of make look amazing. Like they can look amazing in a photo, even a Matterport tour, um, but seeing the details around finish work and construction, that's an in-person thing. And that's something we can, we can we as brokers can see on videos and things like that but um 
if it's someone else's listing and it's going live, we're not going to be, you know, bad mouthing a construction job. Um, mm -hmm. We'll tell our clients like this one might not be for you. You're going to have to, you know, redo everything or do you want to redo everything? This could be for you. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's not, not something that on a Facebook live we're going to bad mouth the, the construction. Just job. like in a more, old school world, if I was going through an open house with some clients through someone else's open house, mm -hmm. I'm probably going to withhold any negative comments till I'm out of the open house. Yeah. Like I'm not going to put that on my open house video. I think it's really important to point out the negatives for clients yeah. like more than pointing out positives for them mm -hmm. because it's my job to show them what they're not seeing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to do that on a video. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. We can zoom into a space and, and let uh, the video do the talking for some things, but it's important to go into a home, at least for a final walkthrough and that kind of thing. Is there anything you guys are really looking forward to personally and professionally, maybe as things ease into uh, high fives with people that aren't Josie? <laughs> just, just high fives. I don't know. I don't know what, like, I don't think I high five more than the normal person. <laughs> Before. But, but like, or even just, we're probably not even going to go back to shaking, shaking people's hands. hands. No. I, I'm kind of assuming that that's gone, but just any form of like Contact high fives. Contact with really. people. Yeah. yeah, and I think it will be nice to to have just the social aspect of being around a person without this kind of fear of are we breaking a rule or should like how long should we yeah. be here? We're already ten feet apart, but is that enough? And and like opening up uh, restrictions around like can we take a family through a house at a time mm -hmm. instead of doing this one on one thing like it's fine, but it takes longer and we don't get the full families. Um, the you kid know. running around in and out the back door. And right. Like, oh, this is the one. You don't get to you see know? how they as a whole are interacting with the property um, when we're taking buyers through. And then maybe some additional just peace of mind for sellers that having people through their home is an okay thing and all of that. Yeah, but mostly high fives. <laughs> Thank you guys. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Thank you. It was fun. Yeah. Thanks for reaching out. Have Fair. a good one. Special thanks to our guests, the singers. Title Talks is produced by Prop Logics and myself, Amanda Farrell. Original music is by Cole Sando. Original graphics are by Jordan Norris. If you have an idea for a Title Talks episode, let us know at title.talks at proplogics.com. That's P R O P L O G I X.com. Until next time, happy closings.